if you look at your magazine, this is what your magazine should look like every month after you get home. We have a new format for Ponder Prayer. Cut it out. Stick it in your Bible. Stick it in your card. Whenever you're having a hard, no good, very bad, terrible day, read it and let the Lord uplift your heart through Scripture. We also have a bookmark that's made to be used. And some of the people had said in the past that the last couple of months that they were having trouble because we didn't have so much space to write notes. This is what my... Two pages look like after Dee Dee talked today. Take advantage of all the white space that's available and just take notes anywhere that you possibly can. It really doesn't matter that you have a specific spot to take notes. It just matters that you do write down some other things. For those of you all who don't know me well, I have a 70% hearing loss. And so if I am not looking at you, if you see, if you're talk, trying to get my attention from here back, I'm not being rude. <laughs> if I don't see you, I don't hear you. So, um, I always try to get that out a couple times a year for those of you who are new and do not realize that I am hearing impaired. But anyway, I am not a perfect mom. And I do not have perfect children, but I am convicted to be the best mom that I possibly can be. Each month as I prepare for mom, I take that character trait and then I go and look for verses that correspond with the character trait. Then I look at the sentence structure for the verses and I try to find the the noun and the verb so that I can understand it a little more fully. Today's topic of service is a noun and it is a verb. Like we attend church services, noun. A restaurant can have bad service, a noun. But we take our car in to get serviced, that's a verb. And we serve others through God, that is a verb. But all typify a job well done. Our theme this year at Mom is sharing your legacy. And today's topic of service, they really do go hand in hand together. Our legacy and our service brought together causes us to think not about me, but about a we. Serving starts with surrendering ourselves to others. Service is lending a helping hand to another. If we see a need, may we complete the deed. Psalm 119.10 reminds us not to drift. And service is a language of love and grace because you have to do both to be able to serve. And it helps us to keep our priorities straight, focusing not on what we're supposed to do, but on what really fits into our schedule to do. Don't let your priorities get skewed and think that you have to go and serve here and then have the guilt. The other speaker said the very, very same thing. Ask God where he wants you to serve where you are currently planted. There is much joy in serving others and then witnessing that reciprocal joy that they give back to you. As we serve others, may two character traits sort of pop out within us, and that is gratitude and contentment. Serving others helps us to count our blessings and be content where God has placed us. I love Philippians four twelve through 13 because it says, I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. 
I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do everything through him who gives me strength. And I love what Kenneth Wurst, he's a Greek scholar, and he reworded Philippians 4.13, and he says, I am strong for all the things in the one who constantly infuses strength in me. Think about that. Constantly infuses strength in me. And that is what the Lord can do if we call upon him. He's only waiting for us just to hold out our hand and say, Jesus, would you help me here? And he will come alongside you. May we recall during this November time of Thanksgiving that the Lord has blessed us immeasurably. So with Thanksgiving right around the corner, go buy a bag of popcorn. If you don't have any, just rip open a bag of the microwave popcorn and take out the little kernels and place one seed on everybody's plate at your table tonight before you put food on the plate. If you don't do it before there's food on the plate, you you will not be able to get this accomplished. But ask everybody to go around the table and just say one thing that they are thankful for. We really need to get our children and our own heart ready to have Thanksgiving and then the joy that comes after that with Jesus' birthday. James 1.17 tells us that every perfect gift comes down from the Father of shining lights who does not change like shifting shadows, shifting shadows. Everything that we have comes from the Lord. We do nothing and are given nothing on our own accord. We need remembrances of our blessings from God to meet every new situation that we go into. Being thankful helps us to develop our gifts and to develop our talents and to develop our capability to serve others for him. We need to be assured who we are through Christ, for apart from him, we're really not capable of very much. Through him, we find our value in service. We're all on equal ground because the Bible tells us over and over, God shows no favoritism whatsoever. Romans 12, 3 through 8 tells us we're not to think more highly of ourselves than another, for God has assigned us different gifts, and we are to work for the whole body of Christ. That doesn't mean working for ourselves. It means working for the good of everyone. We are to be thankful for the gifts that our friends and others have because we complement each other. One person's strengths can help another person's weaknesses. Together, we build. (laughs) We're all on equal ground. It takes humility to serve others. We have to let go of the me and think about the we. God does not entrust responsibility to novices. We taught our children when they were growing up that with responsibility came privileges. When they faithfully completed the task that was set before them, then and only then were more privileges given to them. Whenever you give a privilege to a child that they're not ready for, it's like setting a match to paper. And what happens? It burns out really fast and it leaves a scorch. And that's exactly what can happen if we give our children too much responsibility or too much privilege, too many privileges, and they're not ready for it. It can leave a scorch in its wake. 
We do not want to set our children up for failure, nor do we want to set ourselves up for failure. We must prove ourselves first to be trustworthy and capable before we're given an, another job to do, especially a position of honor or authority or responsibility. Galatians 6, 7-8 tells us that do not be deceived because God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, this he shall also reap. Everything we say, unfortunately, and everything we do has a consequence and it has a response. With humility comes contentment. First Timothy 6, 6 tells us that godliness with contentment is great gain. We're not to grumble about our life. Life is tough. We have to get over it. It's just tough. And some days there's nothing that we can do except just lay in bed and feel sorry for ourselves. We have to pull ourselves up by the seat of our pants, pull up our bootstraps. Keep your Bible open. I I say that every month, and I can't say it enough. The Lord will not let you go by without reading a verse or two. And there's nothing like the Word of God to uplift your spirit and to uplift your soul and to change the attitude. May we be content where God has placed us. You know, Satan is very, very tricky, and he tries to outwit us, and he will put every stumbling block conceivable on our pathway so that we will stumble and fall, and he claps his hands. He's thrilled whenever we fall. I wish I had a dollar for every time I said, Satan, get behind me, because I am not giving in to you today whatsoever. Psalm seventy three twenty six reminds us that my flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Let us ask God how we can serve him efficiently where we are right now in our lives, ways that fit into our family so that we can make the most of our time and face that we're all stretched time. The media, TV, iPhones, and computer, video games, they all take away from the time that we want to spend with our family. Proverbs 18.1 says, an unfriendly man pursues selfish gains. We have to get rid of the media sometimes and just concentrate on our family. Let us pray to be humble and gentle like Jesus, never to be prideful, to be confident but not prideful. The desire to excel and be the best can really hinder us. I don't. I have never looked at Pinterest in my entire life. I don't desire to go there because I know I'm not a craft person, so I, I don't look to Pinterest. Instead, I keep my Bible open because that's where my main interest is. Everybody is different. Everybody has their own focus. We have to do what's best for ourselves and what's best for our family. The desire to to serve is really a great need that the Lord wants us to see. He wants us to help others, as I said earlier, to help others where we are, to lend a helping hand. Look for something that fits into your schedule. Maybe take another child to school. Maybe share a meal with someone. Just find something simple that you can do together. And the younger that we start serving with our families, the easier that it is for them to accomplish whenever they get older and the more comfortable that they are with it. Whenever our 
kids are serving alongside us and we can explain to them why are we doing this, role model it, they will be able to work with people from all walks of life. And working together just creates a family bond. It's a sense of inclusion, a sense of self-worth, and that is something that our families want. We want consistency in our family. We want confidence. We want our children to know who they are in our family so that they can go out and make a difference in the world. When we serve others with a good attitude, our children see the goodness coming from our heart. If we complain, what does that show to our children? First John 3.18 tells us not to love with words and tongue, but with actions and in truth. You know, this is really neat to do is to take a globe or a map and point out where the United States is, then where Florida is, then where Fort Lauderdale is, and then where your street is, and how many people live in your house to show your child that it's not all about me. There's a big world out there. I checked, and do you know there's 7.3 billion people as of October the 1st, 2015 in the world. I thought that was a pretty neat statistic. We can serve where we are. I have seven ways that you can serve. Five are completely cost-free. I give a lot of suggestions because we're all different, and so we need some different things. Just find one thing and do it. The first one is I thought of this right away. Uh, If you were Brownie and you stood there and said, On my honor, I will try to do my duty to God and my country. I will help other people at all times and obey the Girl Scout laws. Well, you can do it for your family. On my honor, I will try to do my duty to serve God and my country, to help other people at all times, to obey the Esler family law. It's just something little. It's... That's what I thought of. Another thing is exchange chores. The older child helps the younger child to do a chore, and then they hand that chore off. If you're a single mom with one, or a child is only one child in the family, take one of your child, your chores with one child, work alongside them until they can get it reasonably well, and then hand the chore off to them, and it is now their um, their chore to do. Get out the plastic gloves and go have a neighborhood trash pickup day. We did this several times whenever our kids were growing up, and it really made them appreciate not to throw trash out. A couple of weeks ago, I was in Nashville with Stevie, and we stopped at a stoplight. There were two young men in the car beside us, and one rolled down his window and threw his Burger King bag out. And Stevie honked the horn, and the guy rolled his window, and she said, pick it up. And I'm sitting there going, oh, gosh, road rage is what we're going to have right here. And they, they, they both looked over at Stevie, and she said, pick it up. She said, that's littering. There's a fine for littering in Nashville of $500. Pick it up. So the friend who's driving hits his friend like that, and... The other guy said no, and the friend hits him again, and the guy opens the cart door, gets the the Burger King bag. I was so glad when the light turned green. Stevie and I did thumbs up, and we drove away. All I could think about was road rage. (laughs) Once a month, treat a homeless person to a meal. I would not give them money, but if there's a visible Wendy's or McDonald's or Subway, say, I'll meet you over there, and I'll buy you lunch. 
That's really a super neat thing to do. And I didn't think of it. My kids started doing it in college. And then Steve and I started doing it. It really is neat to do that. They're so surprised when you offer to buy them a complete meal and then sit down and talk to them for a few moments. Have a closet and a toy box cleaning out day. Don't do this when your kids are at school. Do it when they're there. Get a box or a, um, a clothes hamper and start piling things in and tell them, you know, that you are getting rid of some things that you're not using anymore. And there's others that can use some of the things that you all have. And more than likely, they will start bringing things to put into the clothes basket. And then on Black Friday, refrain from going shopping and take that box or take that clothes basket to Salvation Army or Goodwill. Take your family along with you. Walk through the store so that your kids can see where these items are going to go. You'll probably find a couple of, of good buys. I mean, it's really surprising what you can get. I have found so many things. Be thankful. The most important thing is to be thankful for the family that the Lord has bequeathed to you. Instead of going shopping, spend the day with your family. That first weekend after Thanksgiving is a time to be thankful. It's not a time to shop. 519, and this is a really neat verse, tells us we can only do what we see the Father doing because whatever the Father does, the Son also does. And it's talking about Jesus and us, but think about our kids, see what we do, and that in turn is what they do. It really gives us something to think about. This one cost a few more pennies. If you know a single mom, give her a gift certificate that is just for herself. Now you may be thinking, I am so tired. I can hardly keep track of my own family. How can I be expected to go out and do something else? It's very simple. You just ask God, how can my family serve where we are? You need to talk honestly with your husband and ask him, honey, where do you think that we can serve as a family? What sounds good to you? What would you like to do? Only after the two of you have made a decision do you go to your husband, to your children and then tell them about it. So many times we railroad our husbands by telling our children about it first <laughs> before we discuss it with him. There is nothing that will cause dissension in a family more than if the dad does something reluctantly and the kids pick up on those vibes. Focus on the family writer, Susan Ma- Ma- Mathis, suggest that we memorize the nine fruits of the spirit from galatians 5 22 and 23 and then find a way to serve without costing anything whatsoever so that's what i did one evening i just sat down with the nine fruits of the spirit and i tried to think of a way where i could serve where our family could serve where you all could choose to serve without it costing any money whatsoever Explain to your children the joy of keeping silent counsel, not to brag or to build up themselves or to brag and build up themselves to their friends because of what they are doing or what your family is doing. Matthew 6, 1 tells us to be careful not to do good works in front of others. Don't let that, don't do them to be seen by others. If you do, your father in heaven will not 
reward you. Whoa. <laughs> the first fruit of the Spirit is love. Love others by praying for them. That costs nothing whatsoever. Ask God to honor your prayers. When we pray specifically, we get specific results. And with Thanksgiving and just in three weeks, consider using the Stephen Annie Chapman Thanksgiving prayer. Just YouTube it. Go to YouTube so you can hear the words being sung. It's such a sweet little song. It says, As our family gathers round this table, where this meal has been prepared, let our hearts be grateful as we offer up this prayer. Our Father in heaven, for this meal you have given, I just want to say thank you from my heart. Bless the one who prepared it, and Lord, as we share it, won't you stay with us and be our guest of honor? The second fruit of the Spirit is joy. Smiles are freebies, and they are worth one thousand words role model a cheerful heart smile even though your heart is aching smile even though you don't feel like it a happy heart makes the faith face cheerful the third fruit is peace stand up for the underdog on the playground in the office in the locker room anywhere please please encourage your child to stand up for the underdog. It really hurts when your kid is the underdog. That's why it's so important to teach our children to stand up for those who are not as strong as we. The fourth fruit is patience. <laughs> Initiate a patience day one day a week at your house, constantly, consciously practicing that you're not going to lose your patience. Luke 13.30 tells us, Indeed, there will be those who are last will be first, and those who are first who will be last. The fifth one is kindness. Ask an elderly neighbor if you can take their garbage bin out to the curb, and then where would they like you to replace? replace it when the evening time comes. I did this for a neighbor across the street for over 10 years and she passed away and I still back out of the driveway and get tears in my eyes when I remember bringing out her garbage cans and then putting them back. The sixth food is goodness. If you see a need, just carry it out. Random acts of kindness can be done at any time, but shh, shh, on that random acts of kindness. Anonymous deeds bring great rewards. Seeking man's praise forfeits God's praise. I'm going to say that again because it's very important. Seeking man's praise forfeits God's praise. Matthew 6, 3-4 tells us, But when you give, do not let your left hand Know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving might be done in secret. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Moms, let's pray for our families to be humble and gentle like Jesus, to be confident, but never to be prideful. The seventh fruit is faithfulness. This one's so simple. Just share a verse with someone. Write it on a note card. Stick it in a card. Slip it in their hand. Slip it, slip it underneath their windshield wiper if you know that they're having a bad day. I can't say it too much. Keep your Bibles open. Do you realize that when your Bibles get dusty, we get rusty? 
The eighth fruit is gentleness, and how we speak matters. Proverbs 16.24 tells us that pleasant words are like a honeycomb, sweet to the soul and healing to the bones. If you have a sarcastic child or if you find yourself being a little bit more sarcastic than normal, this is a good little experiment to do. Go buy some honey that has a honeycomb in it and then save an old chicken bone. Clean it up and sit at the table and have everybody taste the honey bone. Then put the chicken bone in their mouth and chomp down on it. And then ask your kids, what's more pleasant to the taste, the honey bone or the chicken of the honey bone, the honeycomb or the chicken bone. Harsh words we want to put aside and we want to have sweet words like a honeycomb. The ninth fruit is self-control. Practice taking a step back and refusing to argue. If Jesus could stand silent before the Pharisees three times when they kept on accusing him, we too can take a step back. And refused to argue. I'll never forget when our kids came home from camp and they were consciously taking a step back and I asked them what it was and they said they had learned not to argue at camp so when they wanted to argue they were taught to take a step back. Moms let Psalm ninety seventeen ring true in our family homes. It says, May God establish the work of our hands. May we serve others and delight the Lord and find that reciprocal joy within our hearts. Pray today to serve where you are planted because you know that you water and you wait and you'll see.